1: Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT and T.
2: Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: When someone say, do it, see what happens. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody say, ooh, say something else. Don't say nothing else. I wish you would. You shouldn't. Your actions have consequences and repercussions. Some people open hand slap. Sometimes your best bet is to just stop running your mouth <laughs> and take that L. But other things that don't go unpunished and unchecked continue to happen. As the young prophet O Dog said in Minister Society, I ain't letting that shit ride. Let's talk about Andrew Cuomo and the baby. Hood <laughs> politics, y'all. Right now, good politics, y'all. So hood. Listen, nonverbal communication is one of the survival skills you learned in the area that I grew up in. And you learned different code words of when it's probably either time to throw hands because somebody's gonna throw it before you do. Or maybe you should just fall back because you're going to lose this battle. There's some battles you just not going to win. Just live to fight another day. Come back with the homies or just leave this one alone. I know when the Vatos go, I don't give a fuck, homie. That means, yeah, it's about to go down. (laughs) And how that is developed, a lot of times it is the degree for which these people make it clear that they are not the ones. Kev on stage, he got a merch shirt that say you can do all things through Christ except play with me. What do I mean by I'm not the one? Anybody ever dated a black woman knows exactly what I mean. <laughs> she say I'm not the one. That usually means you playing with her. You playing a little too much. She finna let you have it. Would a black woman say, okay, yes. The, the, nah, homie. You done already crossed the line and you learn very quickly not to cross that line again. I watched my mama say that to my daddy, okay? Walk out this house one more time. <laughs> I'm I'm laughing but it's trauma cuz that was essentially the like the last conversation before they split was final. She was like walk out this house one more time. You 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 know that you there's there's a line that has been crossed and there's no going back. The only way back is the L. Apologizing correctly and make that mug right. So I guess this is about accountability and how you get accountability politically speaking. I watched Andrew Cuomo and I watched the baby. And to catch you up on both these scenarios and why I think they matter is it has to do with the people for which they crossed and the people for which they crossed are in hood terms, not the ones you don't, you don't play with them. And I think that there's a way we can become that. I don't know if y'all just saw Corey Cory Booker stand up in front of that whole Senate and just blisteringly support the blues The Blue Lives Matter squad made it very clear in no uncertain terms that they have no plans on defunding the police. It means he ain't scared of us. And I'm going to take each scenario piece by piece and unpack what I mean by this. If you don't know, the baby said at Rolling Loud uh, some pretty homophobic statements. Now, Before we even go further, though, let me make it clear in no uncertain terms that the Hood Politics podcast with propaganda does not stand for no kind of mess dissing my queer community family. Okay, won't stand for no slights towards nobody. This, look, you out of pocket, you out of pocket. I don't you don't stand for no indigenous slander. I don't stand for no black slander. I don't stand for no brown slander. I don't stand for no Lakers slander. I'm just playing. Sometimes I'll stand for that, but whatever. You get what I'm saying. We got y'all. We allies. Same team. Let's push the line. Now let's keep on. It just didn't go well, especially his version of apology. So what he started off with was... He was making a statement about like, ladies, if you came here with no SCDs, make some noise, blah 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 blah. You you know, put your lighters up, put your flashlight on. Then he was like, fellas, if you wasn't sucking dick in the in the parking lot, put your lighters up. It was to get the next song up. Now there was another guy that was probably the DJ that put some extra salsa on them tacos that added like, some of y'all niggas is hell of suspect. That's what pushed it over into even further into the homophobic thing. Now. Now, now, now it's important to note that since then uh i think i saw an article today was today uh monday the 31st i recorded this a long time ago this is an add-in um because this new <laughs> news came up he had been spending time off mic off camera off social media with a hiv advocacy group like learning really what's going on with this and ultimately that makes this story go from like oh say something else to more like oh this is more like discipline like like hood check discipline is something that happens in gang culture when somebody's in on on the set not doing right by the set you know what i'm saying and from outside looking in it's like nigga, this is harsh but it's for the good of the set and for the good of that person. Good in air quotes. But in this scenario, this is what you want. Again, I harp on this all the time. Like I don't believe Cancel culture, like y'all say it, I don't think it's a thing, but cancel culture in this scenario to where it's like, no, it's more like, look, I need you to learn about this stuff and the hope in hope that you bounce back and become a better person at the end of it. And I'm going to say this at the end of the show, but I believe the baby will be fine. I believe he will go do the learning that he needs to go do and will come out, come out better. And this article today, as in the 31st, even though I recorded this a month ago, this rest of this episode kind of shows that that's what happened, you know? And uh, yeah, anyway, back in. Let me give you some context about Baby and what the Baby represents. The Baby is, I mean, he's a street nigga. Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, straight out the block, just up. He's just a hood dude. And the embracing of the LGBTQIA community is not of high priority for hood dudes. You know, in hip hop, um, especially the high bravado type hip hop, it takes a while for artists to grow and to see more of the world. I think YG... And Nipsey both have made statements to where they were like, if there's anything I regret, I regret a lot of like some of the, the gay slurs that I've said in my past. You know, once you get older, you get out of the hood. You just don't you don't know no different. You know, a lot of gay stuff that goes down, that stuff either goes down on the low or in jail. So it seems like in 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 a lot of street times, it seems like a power play. It's the it's the softest a man can be in in their context. This is no excuse. This is just explanation, you know? So for him to say that is not in a lot of ways out of touch with how hood niggas are right. It don't make it right. Again, it's context. It is a very new phenomenon that this generation is much more clearly, much more open and inclusive and understanding sort of the intersectionality of Black trans, Black queer community, and how all that stuff, you know, kind of interplays and, and and works together. This generation's much different. Now, interestingly enough, he's from this generation, but he's also, he's just a street nigga. Street niggas don't, they're just not a part of that sort of advocacy because when you're in the streets like that, it's Maslow again. You in constant fight or flight kind of situation. You're in constant survival mode. You're just repeating what you were taught, you know, and it's not okay. It's just how it is. So in typical hood artist situation, you get on your gram and you try to defend yourself and you explain like in the way that he explained, like, oh, y'all wasn't there. You know, my gay fans know that's not what I was doing. That's not what I was talking about. You know, I was making a comment about STDs and taking care of yourself, which kind of felt like a stretch, but you got to do some sort of damage control. Then it got so far that he started fucking up the money. He fucked up his own bag and he was fucking up the bags of a bunch of events. So events started dropping him because there was a really big outcry about like, man, you don't know nothing about AIDS epidemic. It's not just a gay thing. And no matter how much you clean that up, it's still a homophobic statement. And I understand the hood in him to be like, well, I said what I said. You stand on your square. You try to clarify, but you don't take it back. However, the money was starting to get messed up. So let's try to clarify again. Then he tried to go back again and explain that like, look, man, social media be blowing stuff up. They pile on. You don't give me a chance to learn. I needed to learn. I apologize for my statements that were hurtful. They were unintentional. And he released like an official apology. Now. I don't know that man. I don't know his streets. I don't know his hood. I don't know the people around him. But I do know, again, like I said earlier, context. When you come from these hoods, you have to learn this stuff later. And unfortunately, with celebrity, you learn it in the eyes of everyone. I learned to let go of a lot of homophobic views in off the mic, in, in private, among friends, among homies, traveling, meeting people, interacting. You 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 undo all this stuff. Of course, you know what I'm saying? I'm black. I come from black church. You know what I'm saying? I come from inner city church and yo, we had the same views every other church had. You know what I'm saying? And you know, in the black church, it was like, well, the choir director, we all know. I mean, we know he you just don't talk about it. You know, you don't, you don't crack jokes. You know, it's there, but you just don't talk about it. And among the black community, Historically, there was this view that the LGBTQ community was equating their suffrage to the suffrage of African slaves. And for, you know, a generation of activists before us, it felt like an assault because we were at a time to where we thought, especially if you think about the MLK generation, they were Baptist preachers. I mean, these people were revolutionaries, but they were also very misogynistic. Like they didn't allow women to preach. So of course they weren't inclusive and affirming, you know what I'm saying? So they had this belief that homosexuality was a sin. So you are creating your sin to my skin. So when you come from that You got to get out the block. You got to meet other people. You got to learn other things for your worldview to expand. It's like how Mark Twain was like, you know, travel is the greatest cure of ignorance. You know what I'm saying? And ends prejudice. It just opens your mind up to stuff. You got to get out. And to be like, oh, okay. see, these views are like super damaging. I see what I'm doing. now. I understand things like critical race theory and intersectionality and how you know, you could be black and queer and how the power dynamics and oppression and how this stuff works. There's just this view that like where we come from, that it's something else. It took a lot of work and it takes a lot of work for people of color who, again, come from these like traditional Baptist and Catholic, like it's in the Latino community too. These, these, these backgrounds that, you know, Latino community with their very traditional machismo, like, you know, men are manly men, you know what I'm saying? Like, to really open your eyes and embrace like the full spectrum of who we are and where we come from. It takes a while. It just happened in front of millions of people with him. now, the take that I want you to take from this is: people say, wow, you can just degrade women. You could call women all kind of names and hoes and bitches. You could say nigga. You could do whatever you want to women. But as soon as you offend the queer community, everybody want to stop. Everybody want to stop. Everybody want to say, everybody want to take the baby down because he finally talked about the queer community. But all the stuff about women all through hip hop. Hip hop is very misogynistic. Very we killing our own. How come that's not a problem? But the queer community is a problem. I'm not talking about that comparison. Here's the lesson I want you to know It's because them niggas don't play the uh, my 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 homeboy calls it the alphabet game the lgbtqia they call, them the alpha plus, call it the alphabet plus called the alphabet alphabet gang don't play they're not going to stand for it they will fuck up your money and the lesson we need to learn is they get results because they have action they be holding people accountable i'm not coming and this is the energy i would hope that we start bringing to our elected officials where it's like hey homie you said you was going to do this you not doing it. We not showing up for you. It's that simple. It's because when you say, hey, listen. 80 percent of black people voted for Democrats like we carried their votes. We put these niggas in office. They said they was going to have police reform by May. And then they was like, yo, we finna do it before the August recess. Nothing. And then we all just watch, well, not we all, us nerds that watch stuff like this. So Cory Booker just be like, listen, we're not about that. What's up with the back? Are we still on some back to blue, no matter who? Like, I'm not saying let's jump ship, but I am saying when they call us on the 2022 to start stumping for them to be like, yo, where's your receipts? I mean, thank you for the child tax credit. Thanks. But fam, this is what we asked you to do. What the hell? Queer community was like, say another homophobic thing. See what happens. Guess what? Niggas don't say another homophobic thing. Niggas fall back. And hopefully, human to human, there is an actual lesson to be learned. Uh, Hopefully, you know, you start choosing your words a little more wisely. You don't realize the damage you're doing. You just don't realize it. Even though it ain't in the news no more, I believe the baby. I believe he probably was like, damn, I never even, all right, you know, I don't appreciate being dragged on social media. Like, nigga, you're not finna drag me no more. But like, hey, that's, you know what I'm saying? I never thought of it like that. I believe the best in him. But I think that happened because LGBTQ don't play. Nigga, get this right or get left. We not, we not playing games. And I think the baby heard him because he put out an apology. Now, granted, I will say this. you, Like, media savvy 101 is you don't lead with a defense of yourself in an apology, which he kind of did. But that said, I believe him. I believe that he was like, tried to do some damage control and then realized like, oh, nah, I don't, you can't mess with them. You got to like, you got to make this right. This community also understand who to bring the heat to. Cause they went to the festivals and was like, you gotta drop them or we ain't coming. They understand how to how the bag moves. And them corporations just worried about the bag. Why do they book artists? Not because they fans, it's because they fans of the people that they gonna bring. You understand what I'm saying? So when you stop being able to bring, I'm an artist, I'm a hip hop artist, I understand. I've had, listen, I've had radio. Program directors tell me I'm their favorite artist, but they'll never play my music. Because I just don't fit their programming. Them being a fan of my music, don't no. They like we got buyer. I'm we here for the buyers. When the buyers don't like you, we don't like you. So the baby makes actually a good point, even in his defense. It's like, y'all really don't care about the culture. You care about the fact that I have access to the culture. He's telling the truth. That's true. They they really you book him because he's hot. They don't love him. Which, in a lot of ways, goes back to a person's hood antennas. You in this thing, you just like, oh, these niggas don't love me. Like, I know y'all don't love me, so I just need to get here, get my bag, do what I gotta do. You know, do my movement, talk to my talk to my tribe, and talk to them well. So when somebody else peeks into your tribe, you like, nigga, this ain't your block. You don't. It's none of your business. You don't know. You don't. You don't even know. Like, you don't even know what we doing over here. I get why that would be his defense. But listen, LGBTQ community, look, they go you going to respect them. It's what you just saw. You're going to respect them. So my hope is that heat we, we saw brought to the baby. We bring that same energy to the Congress, to the legislature, to your governor, to your senator, to your, to your, your mayor. You feel me? Bring that heat. Start messing up his money. Start messing up her money. Start messing up their money. I tell you what. He start apologizing. then you start messing with their money. I mean, I still can't get over it. Like, I mean, we had an entire summer trying to show all the problems with the. And I mean, in in and, and to Joe's uh defense, he said in the beginning, like, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a defund the police guy. I'm here to perform them trying to call the police and but they're not doing anything and i'm like i mean it was i mean we had a whole summer of protests it don't y'all they not scared of us but they scared of somebody though <laughs> which brings us to <laughs> governor andrew cuomo Now, he didn't step down, but before that man stepped down, bruh, the way he tried to bring that energy to be like, y'all gonna leave me alone, my favorite part of his defense. I'm not even gonna get to that yet. Let's back up real quick. Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo is New York legacy. They are, the Cuomo family is a dynasty. The thing about New York and New York governorship, their state government office is, I mean, legendary in the corruption. I mean, legendary. I mean, the names that, I mean, Roger Stone's even a part of like some of the story in in the history of like Albany. All bully, shout out uh, my man, Seb Static. He from mc dope artist from albany new york and they called it all bully uh, get it albany all bully anyway the corruption up there is like i mean it's it's at chicago level like it's just ridiculous there's a um a pod a really dope pod called uh american scandal and they do a couple dives into the cuomo family and in their history. Now, if you've ever taken, put your eyes on Andrew Cuomo and his brother, Chris Cuomo, who's on CNN, they are like, just off looking at them, you like, oh, y'all New York Italians. Like y'all are, you you on brand. Y'all are on brand New York Italians. And I'm saying this, and I'm stepping out on a limb saying this, but this is hood politics. It's kind of impossible. (laughs) Just like if you're from Certain parts of Los Angeles and surrounding areas and around my age, you're affiliated with gangs. It's just someone in your family, one of your homeboys. You done had some run ins. You are connected. It's impossible. It's the air we breathe. It's impossible to be our age and not somehow or another connected with some sort of set. I'm going to say to be their age from New York and Italian, it's impossible. For them to not be in some way, shape, or form connected to the crime families. It's just you can't use your antennas, man. It's impossible. Now, to j- make the jump to say that that's how he got in office, he's using muscle, all that, that's gross speculation. And dare I say it, slightly racist. You can't like, y- nah, you can't be, you can't do that to them. Like, you can't say because he's Italian he is a member of the mob and the mob helped him into, that's that's ridiculous. You can't say that. Just like you can't say to every black person. I remember once uh, at this church event, this old lady walked up to me and she was just like, hey, so, you know, before you were a Christian, were you a crip or a blood? And I was like, excuse me, ma'am? Like, I was so <laughs> offended, but was like, well, my family was crip. So, <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I grew up with the Vatos, so like i, I lived in a, I lived in a Latino neighborhood. But why you ask me that? You know what I'm saying. So I don't want to do that to the Cuomo's. Now that said, I mean i i I do got family, like you know, I do know niggas. Like I don't you. You're right in that sense, but you don't get to be racist anyway. Cuomo's have for a long time. That family has had a grip on New York government. So in a season of Me Too, where the Democrats have attempted to position themselves as the party of justice, at least when they run. And, you know, liberals is very different to progressive, which is very different than moderates, you know, uh, all this good stuff. But they've attempted to present themselves, especially as a foil of the extremism that Donald Trump was. These differences are clearly seen in the speech Cory Booker gave. I'll keep coming back to that, that we have no interest in really doing much about the police. I, I can't get over that, dude. I guess because it just happened. Anyway, so they tried to be the opposite of it. They, you know, it's posturing. You know what I'm saying? It's Biggie Tupac. Like you had to, you they, they, they picked a side and the side that they were attempting to pick was the side that was, we believe women. We're here to, you know, we're here to uh, to see climate change slow down. We are we're here to see, you know, racial and political and and social justice happen. Now, granted, we know this is all lip service because I don't need to get into that. But either way, they presented themselves as such. Right. And then ran a cop for vice president. Let me just go. I mean, I'm bring that energy. I love you, Auntie Kamala, but you a cop anyway. And then, you know, a few years back that it's hard to not. Harken back to Al Franken, who took it like a champ, who in his situation, some allegations came up. He was like, listen, I don't remember it the way they do, but I'll step down. He took that L, which if we're going to get into the greater conversation of cancel culture, which is I'm going to still say not a thing the way that y'all say it. It's what you want. You have a way to hold those in power accountable. He heard the allegations. I don't remember it that way, but there's two people in a moment, and I'll step down. If if it's better for the party, it's better for the hood, it's better for the set, I'll step down. And he did. And I think that's the goal. Like, it's not to end somebody's life, you know, to ruin them forever, but to hold somebody accountable. You know what I'm saying? Um, And he did the right thing. Now, is his situation identical to Cuomo? Absolutely not. But I think that's an interesting example of, how in the Democratic Party they attempted to do the right thing uh in relation to at least front-facing I take care of these 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 situations. Now, Republicans, on the other hand, is like, nigga, we go down with the ship, like you are boy, you are boy. You know what I'm saying? They they lick, nigga, that we ride. You feel me? Uh, which for better or for worse, I'm just saying that's what they've been doing. Now. You know, oh, boy, that's a doggone Supreme Court justice now <laughs> out there boofing, get, getting drunk as hell and just out there wilding with these girls. They was like, she tripping. They don't know what she talking about. It's ridiculous. It's wrong. It's not funny. What? I'm, I'm not I'm not laughing at sexual assault. Y'all know that, right? That. This is incredibly awful. I'm laughing from the uncomfortableness that the Republicans, nigga, they like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. That's our boy. And um, it's more like, not like, oh my god, that's funny. It's just like, damn, I can't believe it. Unless you diss the boss, you diss the boss, you out, which is crazy. Back to Andrew Cuomo. So a bunch of videos uh, surfaced. Uh, Eleven complaints kind of came up saying he's he 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 too touchy feely but 11 actual, like, assault harassment cases. Some actual very serious allegations about him, you know, putting young interns and workers in positions, young ladies in positions to where, like, you know, inviting you to the crib for, like, you know, private meetings, yada, yada, like, all these things kind of came up. And he, of course, off top, denied it. Then there's these awesome pictures. I'm saying awesome, you know, you know what I mean by awesome. These awesome pictures of this fool at parties, like, Grabbing cheeks and face cheeks, not booty cheeks. Grabbing face cheeks of these young ladies when he meets them. You know what I'm saying? Really old man Steve's. But the best part of his defense was this montage that this man put together defending himself about how handsy he is. It's these pictures of And he's like, listen, listen, I'm Italian. I come from a big Italian family. We're affectionate. He's like, and I do this to everybody, black, white, gay, straight, male, female. And he's got this video of him in public, you know, touching, kissing cheeks, blah, 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 being like what he would call just an Italian grandpa. And the most funniest part to me was the idea that he really thought this was going to defend him. I'm like, homie, this ain't communicating what you think it is. I was talking to this OG who I'm not going, I'm not going to name no names. Talking to this OG and he was talking about like really trying to teach these young niggas like better ways to be, right? So he was telling the young nigga about this story uh, about you in the streets, you know what I'm saying? Somebody disrespect you, you know what I'm saying? Kind of get out of pocket. You like, you know, this little nigga too light in the booty to be talking like this. So in the streets, you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go murk this nigga. And he was telling this story where he was encouraging fools, like, man, just go rob him, beat him up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get your respect. Like, that was his advice. His advice was like, yo, nigga, just, just go just hit a lick, man, and live to survive another day. Like, I, I was like, yo, that's, this is like, that street shit. Like, that's actually good advice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause at least nobody died. At least you ain't got a murder case. Like, I'm, but I'm like, nigga, it's not communicating what you think it is. You feel me? I remember one of my homeboys used to be like, you know, back when selling weed was, you know, illegal, he would say, man, you know, I mean, I slang, but like only enough for a misdemeanor. So I just, I just be telling young homies like carry enough on you. That's like not a felony. And I'm like, okay, that's, I guess that's sound advice. You know, like you trying to communicate to me that you doing the right thing. And I'm like, I don't know if it's coming off the way you imagine it coming off. I, it's This video was that where I was just like, bro, bro, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever had to look you ever had to look at your sibling while they was trying to give 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 your parents the what had happened was story and you doing the like chop the neck like stop 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 now. Hey bro hey, shut the fuck up like you know what I'm saying like this not you not helping yourself I'm trying to tell you you not helping yourself that was this Andrew Cuomo video I was like this is the funniest shit I ever seen in my life because you really think this helping. It's not helping. Now as a side note, come on now, y'all know. Use your antennas. Big homies called Cuomo and was like, you need to sit your ass down. We not playing with your ass no more. You Fucking up the money. You're fucking up the move. I don't care. I don't care how long you've been out here. I don't care. A lot. Shh. I'm going to say this one more time. Stop running your motherfucking mouth and step down. Now we listen, use your antennas. Of course that happened, but anyway, let's get back to it. So, and it's just like I said with the hood shit, like you, you, I said what I said. I did what I did. You know what I'm saying? You don't like, you don't back off. Nah, it's because again, politics is just like hood stuff. You just, nah, I did what I did. Y'all misunderstood. You just, I clarified, but y'all misunderstood. I'm not the problem. Y'all just misunderstood. You wasn't there. Just same way the baby was like, nah, y'all wasn't there. Finally, as of this morning, this is August 10th, he resigns. But in his resignation speech, he was like, okay, to drag the taxpayers out into this long situation, this ain't good for everybody. I'm just going to fall back. But I want y'all to know there is still an anti-Italian sentiment across New York. I was being cultural. We are touchy-feely people. And and I'm from a different generation. Like, you applying these rules to me. And I'm like, I just, why are you guys not understanding of the fact that, like, I'm just from a different world? Y'all are being judgmental and prejudiced towards my culture, but I'll fall back. I'll fall back. I will resign. Now, there's a lot to unpack with that statement. One of the things to unpack with that statement is, again, the understanding and importance of critical race theory and white supremacy and how all that stuff works. You have to remember that in a lot of really white supremacist far-right circles, they don't think Italians are white people. It's the strangest thing, but they, they honestly believe Italians are something other than white, which is now, again, whiteness, blackness, social construct have to do with power and control. So we understand that. And the structure and formation of whiteness was a foil to justify slavery. We understand this. Nonetheless, but they don't think Italians is is white. Now, Italians know they white. They also know they know they white in the sense that we ain't niggas. And if you know anything in the history of 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 Brooklyn and when Brooklyn kind of switched from Italian to black and the amount of like, just go watch the movie, do the right thing. That's a good example of the cross between these two cultures. Now, that said, I used to always tease uh, my homeboy, Andy Minio, who's who's half Italian, call him Alan Irishman, you know what I'm saying? He's Italian and Irish, which just means this man just want to fight all the damn time. Anyway, uh, I used to tease him and I used to say, you know, Italians are the black white people. Y'all got big old families, y'all gag bang, y'all loud as hell, you love music, you know what I'm saying? And yo, and you experience prejudice, (laughs) right? So I used to just tease him about that. I'm also going on tour this fall with the homie, as long as Delta don't be no hater. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, prophiphop.com. But that said, I am going to acknowledge for Mr. Cuomo that there is a history of prejudicial treatment towards Italian-Americans. You are absolutely correct. And Italians, yes, I understand in your culture, you guys are affectionate. I get it. In my culture, we loud. In my culture, we're pretty mean to our children. (laughs) My wife looked at me a few times and was like, why are you mercilessly teasing your own child? And I'm like, have you met my mother, my father? (laughs) Have you met your (laughs) mother-in-law? Have you heard any stories about my mama? And she's like, that sweet lady that takes care of our grandchildren, that woman that gave every single dime for your ass to make sure she say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, yeah, that woman. Nobody, let me tell you why, let me tell you why black people don't ever worry about getting roasted at school. Why we're so good at it? Why it's so fun? Why are we so quick with comebacks? Why we don't ever cry? Why we always got something to say back to you? It's because our mamas, our aunties, and our uncles roast us they be cooking us. They cook us mercilessly. Let me tell you. And what you have to do is clap back. There's no, listen, you have no, there's no option. You have to clap back. Because if you cry, you're not part of the family. Niggas, you, you just never get to participate in nothing. So where we come from, we just roast each other. We roast our kids. Now, maybe there's some there's historical trauma in that truth. Maybe it's because, I don't know, we, uh uh uh. you know, we was... Berated as slaves. But a lot of times it's like, it's because we say, we trying to prepare you for when you go outside of our houses. We love you. This is our way of toughening you up. This is our way of, of showing our affection. We roast our children. And I'm like, and I'm looking at my first gen Mexican wife saying, wait a minute, did you just call my nephew Gordo? My nephew's nickname is Fat. You call, That's what you call that little boy. You call that little boy Fat. And you mad at me. I'm like y'all, y'all y- y- body shame for fun. So like, listen, we all got our cultural things, you know. And in-, in 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 Mexico, it's called a cariño. A cariño is like it's a nickname that you give like a kid that's usually pretty mean. It's usually the opposite of what they are in a lot of ways. So if you call a kid gordo, it's because he's actually really skinny. You know what I'm saying? Gordadas because she's actually really, really skinny. Or if you call her, or somebody that's kind of big, you call them old It's like you know until they get older, then they actually, then the name actually fits the size that they are, right? But when they babies, you call them the opposite. That's just anyway. The point is, everybody got their things, and you're right. We can do better. We should stop doing this to our children. But it's definitely a part of our culture. However, do we be roasting niggas at work? No. Well, maybe to the other black person at office, but not in public. We know to turn it off. You can't roast people at work. You can't talk to your co-workers the way you talk to your nephews. You think we all know that? You think I know how to not be like, hey, nigga, when the phone call, when I'm at work? Do I know how to stop saying park the car because I'm from Los Angeles? We outside? When we was kids. We had to call our mama at work to be like, yo, what's for dinner? Or what are we supposed to do? What time are we supposed to be home? She answered the phone like, administration office, this is Janice. I'd be like, mom. She'd be like, what? So all of a sudden she sound black again. It's called code switching. I'll be out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We all here jugging on a lick. You know, cut was over on the corner. No, nigga. I don't say nigga at work. What the hell wrong with you. How would that be my defense? If my boss come in the room and he say, uh, so Mr. Petty, um, I, I listened to your, your conversation on the, on the phone yesterday. And it, you seem to use a lot of, I don't know what they call that street lingo. If I was like, oh, yeah, nah, that's where I'm from, homie. We was just outside last week, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I was trying to be respectful. You feel me, Crip? But, like, look, man, Cud was, you know what I'm saying? Like, Cud ain't understand what I was saying. So I had to tell him, like, look, right outside, you know, right next to the park, this where we... No, nigga, I like, I'm not going to have that conversation because I'm at work. My wife, no. My first-gen bilingual Afro Mexican, her granddaddy black as hell. I've never done I know she don't look it, but her grad she from Southern Mexico, Central you know Acapulco. Her granddaddy black as hell. That woman know not to be like a hey, fool when she go to work. It ain't fools gone wild when she go to work, homie. Double consciousness, code switching, Cuomo. You can't you. <laughs> you can't. You mean to tell me you don't understand that you ain't supposed to be touchy feely at work, my nigga. That's what you saying right now. That's your defense. Nigga, you can't be touchy feely at work. But listen, you done took on the wrong people, and you can't get no bullshit ass apology that ain't a real apology. It don't work like that. This ain't to say, this ain't the 90s, my nigga. Like, you gotta come with better energy than this. This to take it on the chin season. This the I'ma do better season. You feel me now? You could bounce back. Let me go back to baby. Baby gonna bounce back. He gonna be all right. He gonna take this L, but he gonna bounce back. It took him a while, but he gonna bounce back. He will be all right. The streets loving. He'll be fine. But he gonna he gonna feel that because he done offended the wrong people. And I think this this these these uh white women <laughs> said no more to this Andrew Cuomo. White lady say, I ain't no caring, homie. I'm about this action. That's crazy. That white girl that's like, listen, you ain't finna stay in power on me. Now, once they start acknowledging the actual movements in power that black feminists have done, you know the Sojourner Truth being like, like you start recognizing, you know what I'm saying, who really putting this work in here. You know, these, these sisters out here. Then man, I tell you what, whoo, it's gonna be some receipts. It's gonna be some some payments, boy. You feel me? But the point I'm trying to make is, hey Cuomo, you don't mess with the wrong folk. Look, the Democratic Party taking some L's these days. You know, especially with this um, Gavin Newsom recall. Like we like these some L's, and I'm like the party was like, listen, man, look, we gotta we need to throw these people a body. Like somebody, somebody, <laughs> we gotta sacrifice somebody. Cuomo, you out? Look. You can mass incarcerate black people. You can allow for a variant to spread across your state. You can misallocate funds. You could steal money because we really ain't drawing no line in the sand. The LGBTQ community drew a line in the sand and was like, nah, that's too far, homie. And Me Too movement, they was like, all right, yeah, I'm bringing the smoke. I respect it. I respect it so much. So what I'm saying is, let's bring that energy to the entirety of our government. To all the other issues too. You know what I'm saying? Let's learn and be like, listen. Look at them fools and be like, say another say another word. I wish you would. This what you said you was going to do? You finna do it? Or hands going to be thrown? By voting. Not not insurrections, because that's ridiculous. That's not what I'm saying. Not insane riots, unless it's needed. I'm gonna stop talking. Hood politics. Y'all, this mug was recorded and edited by me, propaganda, right here in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles. Y'all can follow me at Prop Hip Hop on all the socials. You can follow the Hood Politics Pod itself at Hood Politics Pod, where we be trying to make takes on stuff that aren't really big enough for a whole episode, but definitely needs a little bit of clarity. This mug was scored, edited, mixed, and mastered by the one and only Headlights. Y'all go follow my dog, Matt Auswowski. I still don't know how to say his name. I'm glad he changed it to Headlights. Follow him on his socials at headlights underscore music. I'm telling you here all these new other fly tracks this fool be making. And the theme music was done by the one and only Gold Tips, Gold Tips, DJ Sean P. And y'all remember every time you check in, if you understand the hood, you could understand politics. Shouts to iHeart Media for making this happen.